0: We recently got an email from the company we're about to talk with, with one of our favorite statistics, which is if every person in the United States spent just $20 at a woman-owned business, it would drive more than $5 billion towards female-led companies each month. Can you imagine that and what that would do towards parity, especially in a pandemic where women are being forced out of the workforce at record pace? You've heard us talking on the show about how strongly we believe in the power of voting, you know, both voting voting, which we'll talk about on a later episode, and
1: voting with your wallet. And we really believe in women supporting women all around. So the second part is where Doe comes in. Motivated by the tremendous wallet power of female shoppers and the fact that women influence 80% of consumer spending, Anna Palmer and Vanessa Bruce founded Doe an online curated marketplace to make it easy for women-led brands to connect with like-minded shoppers, and for wallet feminists to easily find and support women-owned businesses. And these women-led brands include a whole range of women, all shades, all identities. Talk about powerful. I love that phrase, wallet feminists. And I do want to admit
0: something, though. We were naive. We were totally planning to talk with Vanessa Bruce, the co-founder of Doe, and three female-led brands and splice them into one compilation episode for you to listen to. But once we had our conversations, we had to totally scrap that plan because it wouldn't do anyone justice. These women were all incredible. So this first episode you're about to hear talks about how and why Doe was founded, the challenges they faced, and their hopes for growth in uncertain times. Basically, why you should consider buying from their platform going forward. And then we're going to release each founder's story in its entirety as a bonus episode because we really think you're going to be blown away like we were. And, for example, that you'll never buy eyeglasses anywhere else. Welcome to the Dear White Women podcast, the show that eases you into uncomfortable conversations about race, racism, and how to be more anti-racist. We're your hosts, Sarah and me, Sasha.
1: Can you share with us a little bit about why you and your co-founder founded Doe? Yes.
2: Yeah, so my co-founder, Anna, and I, we both have helmed companies in the past. And we actually were catching up over coffee, right, one day, just chatting about our collective experiences of being women in business. And for me, even being a woman in the tech space, which is predominantly men. And the two of us were brainstorming and also went on this Google search, actually, of stats and figures. And it was staggering stats from the fact that only 2.7% of venture capital goes to women I mean that widens for women of color to the fact that even if a woman takes out a small business loan, they typically have faster payback periods and higher interest. And we're like, why is this a thing? So the two of us, We're chatting over coffee, got inspired, and we're like, can we fix this from the bottom up? You know, similar to how people are starting to shop by their values for what they eat, right? Going organic, going vegan. Can we actually have people shop women-owned to empower women-owned brands? And that's how Doe was born. And the whole idea of it is to empower you to shop women-owned and really use the power of your wallet, the power of sales (laughs) to drive women-owned businesses, to be successful, to grow, to create jobs, economic equity, all the things.
0: My eyeballs just widened when you gave me those stats there. I'm like, for real, that's outrageous. So given that, I mean, you're like disrupting the space. What was the initial response to Doe?
2: Yeah, so we actually started Doe in the summer of 2018 as just the landing page in this campaign to give out T-shirts that said, to determine we rise on them. And... We were floored with the response of just having a landing page with an email capture and being like, do you want to do this digital rally with us to support women owned businesses? And because of that, and we saw the fire and the passion there, we started a weekly newsletter. And it kind of like organically grew from there to us raising our own venture capital and taking this community along with us for the ride to build dough to what it is today. And I'm so thankful that response, the response of our founders being connected to each other, like
1: all along the way community has been a huge driver of who we are. Well, heck yes. And that's why we decided we needed to talk with some of these founders Vanessa mentions. Do they think that community of Doe has lived up to their promise? So we asked them all and Nicole Moss, the creative force behind the amazing dress brand Mrs. Jones gave us perhaps the best summary that we heard. What do you think of Doe, Nicole?
3: they are a goddamn unicorn. No question about it, because they are championing women from inception. We talk about intention, but this is their sole mission. You know, it was people first, profits later. We'll figure out the rest later. And they have, I got into your stratosphere with them and a couple of other people's stratosphere with them. And they have just championed me from day one. And ironically, here's the thing, like, I'm really good at the design part, I like to think, but I'm really bad at the self-promotion part of it all. Horrible. Um, But they have just been huge supporters in every way to so many women, especially women of color. There has never been a platform that has come out and say, Hey, we want you to be a part of your community. We are seeking women like you to be a part of our community. And this is what DOE is comprised of, which is amazing. And I really hope that they blow up. I really hope that women support their platform and all the brands, the incredible women run brands that are on their platform, because you're not just buying, you know, a candle. You are helping a woman keep her kid in school or food on the table. You're keeping a woman in a place where she can earn money for herself. So she doesn't raise and be fully invested in her parenting because she's not worried about the boss. You know, it's much more than just tangible items is creating a whole network of women who are going to go on to support other women.
1: I mean, I love it. Unicorns, right? You can't go wrong with unicorns. Look for her bonus episode. Vanessa said Nicole drops pearls of wisdom when she talks, and we felt like we went deeply spiritual when we talked to her. And her dresses make you feel both feminine and powerful. Okay, so I was wearing one when we interviewed Nicole. I raved about it for an embarrassingly long amount of time. And those dresses are also clearly designed by a woman for women. What more could you ask for? So first of all, there are countless inspiring
2: women out there building companies. So for us, we decided to specifically focus on direct-to-consumer brands that sell physical products and ship nationally. That was our requirement. And when we started in 2018, like we really were just... Showcasing brands we admired, right? Just kind of like putting them in a newsletter, sending them out. Then we had to get a little more formal, right? Like when we did our formal membership launch and marketplace launch last summer. And with that, we wanted to make sure to be intentional across the board on like, are we measuring and reaching out to companies for inclusivity, for value based shopping, for category, like just across the board? So you can come to a market and shop one spot and know that you are shopping your values. You're shopping from multiple underrepresented communities. You are making sure your dollars are going like the length, right? To support who you want to. And that we made sure to measure like from the very beginning, because we can't fix what we don't measure. And we're like, we need to know that we are building an inclusive market from day one. And more recently, really excited to see that people are really caring about who's behind their brands now more than ever. Where is my money going? Where is my dollar going? And I hope to continue to see that momentum and that change in e-commerce because I hope this isn't just like a blip on the radar, right? Like I want this to be a new way we approach e-commerce to knowing where our dollars are going and not just like who it's going to, but the values it's supporting, right? Like is it eco-friendly? Is it ethically made? Everything all down the line.
0: Talking about ethically sourced, we connected with Allie Rose, the founder of GenUC and her right-hand woman, Brittany. They make eyewear from recycled water bottles in Flint, Michigan which still doesn't have clean water, by the way. And they employ returning citizens, are very intentional and mindful about their role in the community. And they have a buyback program for their glasses too, so they don't just end up in a landfill somewhere. So what about them, their view of a platform like Doe? For them, it's the community too.
4: I think for me, just... The community aspect of it, of amplifying other female founders and having kind of one space to go to that I know like these brands have been vetted and I can feel confident that any purchase I'm making is making impact and supporting even, you know, a, an entrepreneur that is trying to do good. And it doesn't really matter what that scale is. I think right now it's like we're moving, there's this shift that's happening. And Brittany, I think from a marketing perspective, like you can speak more articulately about this, but we're moving from this like mass market to like niche markets. And also, I think because of COVID and because we have been quarantined and we have been spending more time in our local communities, there's more awareness now than ever of supporting more local shopping smaller and like getting back to. I mean, maybe how it should have always stayed, but supporting like our own local communities and our own local makers. And obviously, because of technology and, you know, our access to e commerce, community looks different. And we can support our local communities, but we can also be supporting other local communities as well that have more of that hyper focus and are more interested in running their business from a place of empathy as opposed to scaling for a profit alone.
5: Yeah. I mean, there's something really awesome about being a part of a community of women who are leading the change and saying, shop small, but shop and support women who have for so long been doing a lot of these things in the background, but they haven't held the position of power that's allowed them to say it is woman owned, even though it's women ran and it's women organized and produced by women. Or even the craziest part, it's products for women, but it's owned and operated by men. So it's uh, really, really nice to be recognized and being able to share space with other female founders and entrepreneurs who are, are doing cool things in their own respective spaces and industries, sometimes competitors, which is awesome. You're doing good, you have a good why, and in your intention is there. Oh, we'll support you too. <laughs> like it's that it's uh what do they call it? Collaboration over competition. I think that's like the cool new word that we're using. But it's true, you know, to do something together to foster community is the most important thing. If what you're doing is more important and not necessarily if how you're doing something is more important than what you're doing in the instance of making and selling products. If the intention behind it is something that truly is important to you and somebody's doing something similar. It's all about celebrating them because the more intention you bring to the issue is way more valuable than, you know, revenue that you drive to you in your own pocket. But, yeah, it's cool to know that, you know, Dose celebrates that. They are continuing to foster a community of women who feel that way. Yeah, I think we're really lucky to be a part of an organization of women who are happy to kind of stand up and make a lot of noise about causes, issues, and products that are important to them.
0: After we talked with them, we seriously know where we're buying all of our eyewear from now on. Their bonus episode also goes into the mindfulness they have about racial presentation and not being a white savior on the part of Ally Rose, which we thought was really cool. And their tight-knit friendship that has allowed them to have open, honest discussions, both personally and professionally. Speaking of people's stories...
1: I was on the show recently, and the civil love aired after my mother-in-law's birthday, so the story will work. But I was looking for a, a birthday gift for her, which I did find from like a jewelry piece for her. But I love that you can search with the hashtags. Um, you have some great ones like Black Girl Magic, Brown Girl Magic, Asian Girl Magic. You know, which emphasize the huge diversity of founders on your site. And you know, we were, we were also talking about how people are connecting more with the story of the founders. And, you know, you guys have been doing this early on. So how do you think that telling of the story behind the brands continues to make a difference? Yeah. So I'm so happy you brought
2: that up because it's been our value since day one to share stories, even when we were just a newsletter. And for us, it all comes down to transparency and understanding where our money is going and who our dollars are supporting, right? So when we built Doe, we made that commitment to showcase the founder photo next to every product, next to every brand. And also, these are human beings behind brands. Like when you shop from someone on Doe, you know your dollar is going for them to grow their business and to grow their business in to create economic equity, to create jobs that they're going to value their employees as they continue to grow, or you know that this brand is specifically eco-friendly and they are going to continue to be eco-friendly. And, I think just showing that full story gives it life, right? So if you're reading about someone who they started an ethical and eco-friendly apparel line because they worked in fast fashion and saw the like, atrocities, they were like, you know that they are in it, that they are making this. And we thought that context so important. And at the end of the day, transparency is at the fabric of who we are. And that's why we believe in the
1: storytelling. So what leads someone like Vanessa to create a business? what's her experience been like?
2: So for myself, I've been like the first woman hired at a startup where they didn't even know where the woman's bathroom was. They were a wonderful startup, very like excited to have me there. But still, like there was an experience where I sat in on a meeting where was an agency actually pitching a startup I was working for and I was the lead on the account. And they wouldn't even look me in the eye, kept looking at my male manager in the eye to the point where he was amazing. He was a sponsor for me. He was like, Vanessa's making these decisions. Vanessa's a designer on this. Like you should be t- communicating with her. And every time I have those experiences, it just, it opened my eyes to just what we're facing as women in our careers and business. And I wanted to make a change. And I was really grateful because like growing up, I was really, I felt like I could pretty much do anything because of my mother. She was a single mother and so inspiring. And like, she just kicked ass at everything she did, putting herself through school, changing careers, like going from minimum wage to working for the town, working for the state now. And I always felt that drive and that fire. But each time I had one of those experiences, I was like, something needs to change. This isn't
0: where it should be. Have you heard us talking about knowing your why? Like, why are you in this conversation about race, racism and anti-racism? why do you care about feminism? Why, why, why? Not like a defensive why, but like truly, sincerely curious, right? Hearing stories like Vanessa's why makes her mission seem so sustainable. Like she's been there and knows why she needed to write this wrong and create this space for all these other women. But then, of course, it's 2020, in comes COVID and racial awareness. And how does that affect her founders from the big picture?
2: So it's been a wild ride since March for everybody, as I'm sure everyone feels. And for us at Doe, we actually pivoted ourselves. We were actually going into the wholesale market earlier this year. And boutiques and small businesses were hit so hard across the country. And that's who we were going to be filling their shelves of women-owned products. That was kind of the next step of Doe. And we took a step back and we were like, okay, we're facing like new problems, new times, like we need to figure out how to survive in this. We know our founders also are having these same questions, these same thoughts. So we actually kicked off in March having virtual coffee chats with our founders, like to connect them within each other in the community and really chat about what they're facing, how we can help, how we can help each other. And that's been so eye-opening with various degrees of what's happening. So for instance, some categories, like we go by product category, are doing amazing Like candles, like weighted blankets, anything in kind of the home space where you're making a home, they've actually seen an uptick in sales and are having more of the like the supply chain and growth issues versus if you're in more of the like luxury apparel line or accessories or like getting dressed up, they're not getting the sales they used to. And then you layer on top of that, everything that's going on with our society and injustices and there was a huge movement to shop black owned and a lot of our black women founders on our platform. They had such mixed feelings. They told me they're like, I'm so grateful for the sales and the boost and to be getting this recognition, but what cost is this recognition coming at? And like, not wanting to feel ungrateful, but also feeling just this like emotional, just like the layers of emotion that were on top of that, right? It was really hard to bear for some of our founders. And I'm just happy that we've built a community that now we can talk with each other and lift each other and continue to grow and build together and further drive wallet power and change through how we purchase.
1: All right. So we've heard about challenges with her founders, but what about challenges that Doe itself has faced? I have two
2: different kind of angles for this. So I have one, which is just like a mistake that we won't make again. And the other is more like just a learning. So the first is... um we decided to make this like beautiful welcome box last summer when members joined it was curated with different products everyone thought we were a subscription box everybody and it haunted us for about six months i want to (laughs) say like even buzzfeed put us on a roundup of subscription boxes (laughs) and that was fun We got over that. We got rid of the welcome box. We decreased the price of membership and made it much more like, no, you're paying to invest in shop from window brands. And we kind of curate this discovery marketplace for you. On the flip side, from like a consumer angle, the challenge has been, we've dubbed it kind of like the three C's and that's cost, convenience, and credibility. So those are usually the three barriers to shopping consciously or with intention. And, you know, On the credibility standpoint, we actually just launched on Doe, a Doe verified badge. So if you see a Doe verified badge, it means that we've actually sampled their products. Like we ordered it, it arrived in a good time frame, like no sketchiness around it, just to give that extra added layer of credibility. Like, hey, we've gone through this purchase process. We guarantee that this will arrive and that it will be as advertised and the whole deal. The other side is that we know costs can be a big change too, right? Because smaller brands have smaller margins. So usually their prices are going to reflect that and be a little more expensive. And so for us, we're constantly trying to curate even like $20 collections or everyday swaps, like swap your deodorant, you know, swap your face wash, swap on like the energy bar that you eat in the morning, little purchases like that to get you kind of used to shopping women owns. And on top of that, as a Adobe IP, you get your discounts and promotions, which make it a, that kind of alleviates some of that barrier, right? Which is set by the founder themselves. So they feel comfortable with what they're offering and what they're giving out. And the last thing is the convenience, right? Like All of us live in in an Amazon Prime world where everyone is, wants their two-day shipping. Actually, on Coffee Chats, shipping has been a huge conversation lately because it's a whole thing. Like It can cost some of our founders $10 to $12 to ship. And I think as consumers, we've kind of lost touch with how much shipping can cost. And so on that convenience factor of like shipping, of being able to shop in one spot, we're actually launching at the end of the month, the dough marketplace, where you'll actually be able to shop on dough with one cart. Right now, we're more of a discovery platform where you find the brands and go out and shop on their individual websites. But at the end of the month, you'll be able to shop at one place on dough. So you can grab that energy bar, that deodorant, that dress you want all in one cart. shop. So those three things have been barriers.
0: (laughs) But speaking about shopping again, it's all about the money, right? Like the dough, get it? (laughs) When we chatted with Natasha Standard, the designer behind the luxury shoe line Nori, about her thoughts on being aligned with dough, she provided a thoughtful response that starts
6: from the name itself. So first of all, I love the name dough. Dough is very important. I think that, you know, women, I think it's easy to not know how much dough you're making, not understand your bills, not understand your credit, not understand, (laughs) I think it's easy. But see, I've always been obsessed with stuff like that. Like I told my um, grandfather, if I wasn't gonna uh, join the military, I would have been a stockbroker because I'm like obsessed with the stock market and everything financial. I want to know. I think having control of your money and making it relevant and making it important I think that gives you a new way of taking care of yourself. Cause I've always been like that. Like when I was in Iraq as a commander, my off time, I was buying Visa stocks. I mean, I've, I've always been like, you know, you have to take very good care of your money because and then there's another thing. I think I saw an older woman and she was like homeless or something. I was like, I don't ever want to be like that. That was my thing. I need to have my money, it needs to be together. So supporting women and purchasing. You know, using your dollars as power—it is very important. And that was another reason why I love Vanessa and the Doe concept. I mean, it also is women supporting other women because we have these conference calls where you know you have a jewelry designer, you have a woman who's making tea, but we're all small business owners, and we all probably need the same type of support: graphic designers, you know, legal support, attorneys, accountants, and stuff like that. So it's more than just the physical product; it also is the back end of supporting women, and I think that's very important because a lot of women. And I will always say that a woman will be vilified before a man that did it will be vilified. Like Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton was paying for things that her husband did. She, what does that have to do with her presidential candidate? That her husband was a cheater. Like another example: Will Smith and Jada. What? Why are we even talking about her entanglement? I mean, a woman will, it's easier for other women to vilify a woman than they will vilify another man. So that's why I support women always. Like I have a list of products that I'm buying tomorrow, and they're all women-owned products, women and veteran-owned products.
0: Not only is she a 20-year military vet, this woman can design shoes. When you listen to her bonus episode, you'll hear about her pivot from luxury shoes to filling a need for women-sized and shaped combat boots. She talks about how she learned to design shoes and even a little bit about the Game of Thrones names for her shoes, which I love personally. (laughs) So that's another can't-miss bonus.
1: So we'll leave you with one final thought. Our hope is that you hear this special series on Doe and vote with your wallet and support the amazing female founders and the Doe platform after you hear their stories. And I mean, not just you, but tell all your friends, of course, because the holidays aren't that far away at this point, right? I mean, if you're still counting what month it is, let's say.
2: (laughs) So I would say visit joindoe.com, D-O-U-G-H. And we empower you to shop from women-owned brands. Thousands of products, hundreds of brands. Go discover them. Go read their stories. Go shop them.
0: If you love what you're hearing, subscribe to the Dear White Women podcast so you don't miss any of our anti-racist, identity-affirming episodes released every Wednesday. Shows that seek to show that we as humans rise by lifting others support our Patreon, which allows us to keep making work that highlights different narratives that help us broaden our horizons, including a new monthly virtual community centered around book studies. Want to follow us on social media? We're at Instagram and Facebook at Dear White Woman Podcast, and we're on Twitter at DWWPodcast. And of course, we'll be sending out vital info and opinions via email, which you can sign up for on our website, www.dearwhitewomen.com. Thanks for being part of the conversation.